Welcome to Skin Depth Convo. I'm Anna Kagarakis. This is a show focused on educating and inspiring all those in the skincare and beauty industry. Now, 2021 is finally here, and the skin and beauty industry as a whole has been tested and pushed to the brink in one of the most trying times that we have personally dealt with. But something that history has taught us is that beauty always bounces back. It's human nature. The medical aesthetics industry is kind of both open and closed right now, but there's a lot of excitement and new trends to look forward to in that market. And here to discuss, as always, are our two expert hosts, part of the founders of Lyra Clinical, Metaxi Delix and Francine Kagaraikis. So excited to have you back, ladies. Now, we are going to be joined later by Brenda Cummings, who's also another founder of Lyra Clinical. But let's, you know, let's start off the new year right. Happy New Year. It's 2021. We're looking forward to discussing Medispas, trends in the new year. But let's talk about the difference. Well, first off, what's the difference between an aesthetic clinic and a Medispa? That's funny you asked that question. We started back over 30 years ago. I won't give you the exact date. We started <laughs> off working in under a doctor, Dr. Bruce Cohen, a dermatologist in San Francisco. And that was, I would say, the beginning of uh, Medispas. It was basically a doctor medical director in a clinic who would oversee the treatments and would actually set up with different procedures that were more advanced than aesthetics. For example, Dr. Bruce Cohen had his wife, Janet Cohen, who was an RN and she worked under his umbrella. And then all of a sudden, estheticians became more part of that medical world. Yeah, the business model. But, you know, it really kind of changed back then when they were bringing in more of the retail products, more treatments, more peels as far as maintenance. So there was a shift back then. So the difference, a simple explanation is a Medispa is directed by a physician who oversees and carries the liability. And he actually is responsible for all the treatments done within the clinic. And I'd like to say Happy New Year to everyone. And we are so excited to be finally in 2021. And as Metaxia said, um, that was the first time we worked together, Dr. Bruce Cohen. And it was very exciting because it was a dermatology office that expanded into a Medispa. And this is where you would get injections, you would get collagen injections, and you would get other treatments, you would get peels. But then the aesthetic part began to grow and grow and grow. And the unusual part for us is to see skincare come into the medical arena. It became very important. First, it was glycolic products. So then that the client would go ahead and use products that would help exfoliate their skin. And then we use sunscreen and certain other things. So skincare became very, very important in the Medispa arena. It is one of the things that you need to make sure that your skin is healthy to tolerate all these treatments. Another item that we used in those days was something like hydroquinone. We would manage melanin before, during, and after treatments so we can deal with hyperpigmentation. So those were the type of things that we began many, many years ago, but today it's a lot more sophisticated than it was in those days. Well, you make it sound, you make it sound friends, so easy. I think trial and error, <laughs> I think when, when we first started, um, there was no internet in the office. There was no lasers in the office. Um, injections were, were something that were introduced back then. But I think with all 
the experiences and, and, you know, the trial and errors that we went through, understanding that skincare was a foundation of these treatments, understanding that you need to cleanse the face, not just with acetone, you need to hydrate the face because this face has been irritated and you need to protect that, that face when it's exposed. And I think we've seen so much in the past of people not understanding it. And finally, I would say that we're 2021, I think this industry is really focused that you need good skincare. And I think it made its full circle. Skincare is a huge part of the Medispa arena. And it continues to be because good skincare is your foundation for healthy skin. Yeah, I was just gonna ask you, do you think that the professional skincare is the foundation for medical aesthetic treatments? Absolutely for me. I think that if you don't properly take care of the skin that you spend a lot of money to restore or to rebuild, you're not going to maintain that result. It's not one treatment that will fix or give you that ageless look or the glow. It doesn't happen that way. You have to be, have that healthy skin. If your skin is dry, if your skin is inflamed, it's very difficult to do any type of treatment on that skin. So you first have to make sure to repair it, get it to a point where it can tolerate the treatments that you're going to be doing in a in a medispa. Pigment, Anna, pigment, you could have a beautiful canvas. We call the epidermis a canvas. And if you have a canvas that is pigmented, it looks aged, looks weathered. If you have a canvas that has uneven uh, ridges and it has uh, enlarged pores, all these things will definitely not give you that beautiful look that you're looking for because everything that, that the doctors are doing in the med spas, these procedures are based, for the, uh, based on working in the dermis. And what we're doing with skincare is working on the epidermis and getting down deep enough to the basal layer to introduce a healthier epidermis. So you cannot just inject in the dermis and expect the epidermis to give you this beautiful look. It really takes both treatments together, the home care, the skin care, the treatments together to make this beautiful finished look that they're looking for. One thing we'd like to do is also to let people understand it is not complicated. This is, this is a simple program. You begin, like Metaxa said, a cleanser, you're gonna use a serum, you're gonna use sunscreen, you're gonna use hydrators, and then you begin to get conditioning treatments, which are treatments that begin to bring in products that help treat the skin. It is not complicated. And then when you go to a Medispa, you can begin with something like Botox, or then you can begin with fillers. It's not as complicated as people make it sound. The only thing I will say is once you do begin, it is very exciting to see the changes and to see great results and to maintain. If you look at the generations now, we're more health conscious. I see that people are exercising more, people are watching their diet more. So it's, a, it's, it's gone even past skincare. If you really do drink enough water, exercise, watch what you eat, it really brings that, that finished look. I could tell you a 60 year old does not look 60 anymore. A 40 year old does not look 40 anymore. We've advanced in a way that we could actually be more health conscious and actually slow down the aging process. Well, we have talked a lot on the show about the in, bringing beauty in from the inside out and how important it is to take care of yourself. And that is a really important part. Everything does come out on the skin, your life, how you feel on the inside. Your, your stress shows on your skin. Absolutely. And I think it's interesting how much you have, you both have seen the evolution of this industry as a whole. 
So you've been around for a bit and you know that it's, it's got to be really interesting to see how the Medispa has changed from your perspective. I can tell you Medispa started off with dermatologists and then they went to plastic surgeons and now you have a variety of different MDs and specialties doing Medispas. Um, it really has changed, but a good Medispa or for, in our opinion, in Lyra's opinion, is one that supports good skincare that will finish and continue to maintain that result longer. I mean, there's a lot of Medispas out there to just focus on procedures and not have that total package. It's going to be interesting to see now with COVID-19 how things will change. So after this last year, we've obviously seen a big shift with, you know, the world as a whole, but also this industry. And now many spas, you know, do you think COVID-19 will keep patients away from treatments? And if it does, how long? Well, I don't feel that they will stay away because a lot of people who have already had the treatments need to maintain the treatments. And we are seeing more and more people understand these treatments and know what to ask for also at the same time. So I think you're going to see that once things begin to open up, you will see that it will return 100%. I think we're at 50% at this time, but ongoing, it is coming back. It's our schedule. I think it's important to maintain the integrity of the epidermis and support it with different different procedures. And I think Botox is a favorite of ours. I think some of the new techniques out there are really exciting for us. So I know that we're constantly looking on ways to keep our skin at that youthful state. And I can tell you it's less aggressive and I don't see the facelifts out there. I just see more of maintenance and less aggressive treatments. And that's really exciting because you could really maintain your, your youthful appearance a lot longer. Well, there's going to be a lot of excitement coming into this next year, and we're hoping it's going to be a great year for everyone and the skincare industry. We're going to talk a little more about it next with Brenda Cumming. We're going to go over all the trends for 2021 in the medical aesthetics industry. But before we dive in, let's have a word from Lyra Clinical. Lyra Clinical takes today's skincare to the next level. Using cutting edge technology and the best high quality ingredients, Lyra gives you brighter, healthier, younger looking skin. With award-winning products, advanced education, and innovative skincare philosophies, Lyra Clinical is redefining aesthetics and offering superior products and treatments that produce remarkable results. It's beauty from the inside out. Be bright, be beautiful, Lyra Clinical. All right, well, joining us for our interview segment, we have Brenda Cumming, another one of the four founders of Lyra Clinical, who is also a registered nurse and knows all about the medical aesthetics industry. Brenda, thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to talk to you about the newest trends right now in this field. But first off, let's talk about you. How did you get into medical aesthetics? I was reading my Nursing Spectrum magazine and like, end of 2001, beginning of 2002, the biggest urgent care clinic up here in Evergreen, Colorado was getting ready to close down for lots of reasons, prim primarily after 9-11 and HMO reimbursements. And it was just, it was getting hard for those docs to try to maintain all that. So I saw an ad that said, learn how to do microdermabrasions, chemical peel, spider vein therapy, and then this Botox, Botox in the face. And I remember going, ha, who's ever going to get that done? Closed the magazine, went about my business, ended up closing down this clinic, um, which was very hard on a small town up here. I mean, we were, we were big and, you know, a lot of people depended on us. 
And I decided I went back down to all the hospitals and I have a critical care and trauma background. So I went back to the ER, went back to the ICU. I saw these girls running around with their hair standing up and I was like, how do I really want to do that again with two kids? Um, the hours were terrible with two little kids and the pay from Texas to Colorado was, was horrendous. It was insulting really. So I thought, I'm going to try this aesthetic nursing. I'm just going to give it a shot. And I told the OR director at one of the hospitals here, I'm going to try this aesthetic nursing. And she's like, well, good luck. And by the way, I sent her Christmas cards for like five years, just kind of updating her on how well that went. <laughs> so um, I maxed out a credit card. I flew to, where was it, Metaxia? San Mateo. San Mateo. I was in this hotel with these two nurses that really just paved the way for me to get into this industry because nobody really knew what it was. And one of our modules was skincare. And I understood chemical peels. I fell in love with that because you could just change the skin so instantly. I really was skeptical about the cosmetic aspects of Botox, but um, in walk these two women named Metaxi Delicus and Francine Kakadikes. And who knew in 2002? But I knew, I had a feeling. I just had a feeling when I met them. I don't even know what it was. I, I couldn't put it into words, but that just completely changed my life. And what I thought was gonna be just a part-time job, opening up a little skincare clinic up here in Evergreen. And by the way, nobody was getting Botox in 2002 where I live. I had to go to Denver, I had to travel, but I just got obsessed with skincare at that point and worked sales for a skincare line for a while and met these two wonderful ladies and like the rest is history. Well, we're soul sisters and we all appreciate how important it is to work in skincare and all the other things that Brenda does also. It's really and the base. It well, I have, I have to say that when Brenda walked, well, Brenda came up to us and was talking to us. It was a connection. Oh. There was a connection right it off the bat. It just, we, it felt right. It felt that, you know, she was curious. She really wanted to know more, but she was kind of figuring us out. And we were figuring out her and, and it was, it really became a family connection. I have to say from back in 2002, there was something special about her. And together, I think these two relationships really began, began and grew into what we have now, a partnership. And Brenda is not knowing she is one of the Greek sisters. So <laughs> oh, and she makes sure that she's our mother's favorite. Yes, yes. yes. And, yeah. I am your mother's favorite. It's not making sure. I am. I flew back to California and I went to Aesthetics Plus back then. Remember, I emailed you and said, I'm coming. And I ended up bringing some other people. And Metaxia gave us a day, which in hindsight now, I realized how valuable of a gift that was because she's a very busy lady. And she just, the way she explained how peels work and I don't know it just like it just I, I got it I got it but for her to give us that that time you know I'll always love you for that but I I figured it out it was like oh oh I get it this is this is what I don't know it was like that last piece of a puzzle just fit into place do you remember that yeah it's and I know how busy you were your hair was probably standing up on top of your head but she gave us a couple hours <laughs> and that, that was invaluable training yeah more invaluable well, I, than anybody even yeah. realized no, I think what it is, is that, you know, you guys came with open minds and it was fun. It was fun really kind of bringing two industries together because nursing was just so rigid and it was, you know, it was different. And now all of a sudden you're really 
changing of people, you know, their, their perspective, their skin. And you guys are just open with so many opportunities to learn more. And we're just more open to learn what you guys have to bring to the table. So I think it's a beautiful marriage. I think the nurses in the field out there, the aesthetic nurses have done so, so many good things for the aesthetic industry. We're just very lucky that you're, you know, you're part of us and we're part of you. We're good learners. We just yeah. need some help. I mean, we understand skin, but we didn't really know how to work the skin. There's a lot of changes that have gone on over the years from when you started to now in 2020. So, I mean, it, it's got to be a completely different industry, especially over the last year and how everything has been affected now with the pandemic and everything. She's considered one of the top aesthetic nurses in the country. So Benda has done really, really well. This segment is about medical aesthetics. And there is so many opportunities, so many uh, ways you could be successful in this industry. Are the Medispas open now? Can we come and get some services? <laughs> of course. Yeah, the, it's, they're open here, um, not at 100% capacity. And I think even if we were, I think a lot of us until the vaccine is out is, are gonna you know, be respectful of that and be conservative. So we're at like 50% capacity, which is a lot for me because I'm not a big practice. But yeah, we're open. And you really have to trust a person that you're going to, to get these treatments. And I do have to say, we do trust you quite a bit, but what are the trends now for 2021? What do we look forward to? What are we, not only just us, because we are looking forward to it also, but what is everyone looking forward to in 2021? I think the trends for this year are pretty much the same as they have been. I mean, last year was rough. A lot of us were closed down, most of the nation and many of us, not California specifically, but we got to open back up. Um, and so people are just banging at the door like Mervyn's trying to get in. And the number one treatment still is still running and has been is neurotoxins. The neurotoxins are still the most sought after, especially if you're wearing a mask. Lip injections, filler is big. And, and it has been big. And I don't know if it's just, you know, bigger now, because if you get a bruise, you can hide it. <laughs> um, skin tightening, so non-surgical skin tightening, um, fat reduction, with the ultrasound and radio frequency devices in those small, hard to treat areas is still really big. Laser hair removal is still big. Microneedling, different forms of microneedling, different platforms of that, um, still very popular. And right. I'm pretty sure that plastic surgeons are very busy right now because how many of us are on Zoom all day long, staring all the at themselves at some point, hours, 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 and starting to pick apart all your uh, defects that you don't like about yourself and they're coming in and a lot of men are coming in because they don't know how to get that laptop at the level <laughs> and they're coming in complaining about you know their facial expressions or their volume loss in their face that that's been very interesting I think necklaces are probably as far as surgeons go I, I would think that's a hot topic right now what's the age of the men coming in I would say 40s and up They've been slowly coming into this field, but we up here have experienced a surge in the male client. Notice on TV, there's a lot more of the commercials for the derma fillers and the Botox and the procedures out there. And they're pretty young. What's the youngest you've seen in the, in the female category? Well, I had a 18 year old girl who came up with her mother because she noticed that one eyebrow was slightly lower than her other eyebrow. And she wanted to look good for her senior pictures. And her mom's a friend of mine. And she really had to talk me into that. And she ended up getting just a microscopic dose. But it did 
fix her eyebrows. So she was happy with her pictures. And, um, you know, as soon as they can sign their own consent, they want to come in, they want to get their lips enhanced. I have a lot of mid 20 year olds who are getting married and they want to look good for their, their wedding pictures. And maybe they have some lines on their forehead, a little Botox just so they look good for that day. Um, so definitely the 20, 20 year old demographic is becoming more interested and I, they feel like it's maintenance and preventative at their age, which I can respect that. Have you ever said no? Oh, I've said no lots of times. You know, I've said no when they show me a picture of what they want to look like and it's nowhere close to, I mean, it's not possible. Someone who has like zero lips wants, you know, a, a, a Kardashian lip. Uh, that's not going to happen. I, I'm not going to do that. I'm not comfortable with that. You know, everybody's my billboard. So I don't need people going out saying, oh, Brenda Cumming did this. And they're all like, oh, I want people to say, wow, you look really good. And they don't know why. Yeah. That is a compliment to any nurse inject or any physician who injects. So what do you do with people who have like, you know, there's different types of lips, obviously. So you have people who have just a, want their lips to be a little bit more enhanced. And then people like me who I basically know of upper lips. So what do you do uh, when it comes to fillers and how do you address those type of lips? Well, we start slow and build a platform. So you will have some improvement if you don't have a lot of a lip or a lot of lip show, but you're not going to have big full lips unless you go somewhere that and see somebody who would try to do that on you. Mm -hmm. How long does it take to finally get some type of lip? <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of factors, age, what that lip really looks like, you know, what you think the outcome is going to be. But I usually start with like a half of a syringe, try to get that tissue to expand, get that tissue used to it and then add more, but it's not going to be a process that's going to happen in one, in one session. I'm not going to put two syringes in somebody's lips who has no lips the first time I ever see them, but we'll work that's, our way towards that. That's true. And that brings us back to that trust level. You need to trust a person who's injecting you and who's doing your treatments to make sure that you're both on the same page. Correct. Yeah. And how about sagging skin? I hear there's some new treatments for sagging skin. So sagging skin, if, if there's a lot of skin, a lot of skin laxity, you know, honestly, they're best send them to a, a a facial aesthetic surgeon, get their opinion, get a consult from them because no amount of filler, no amount of threads, I think we're going to talk about threads, is going to help with a lot of loose skin. If you can pull a lot of loose skin, it needs to be cut and pulled. If there's a small amount of skin or you want to try to enhance, you know, try to tighten that up, you've got your radio frequency devices and then you have what, you know, thread lifts. So there's two types of threads or smooth threads that act like filler. So it can help stimulate, you know, it's a microscopic wound, it can uh, stimulate a collagen rush, or you can get the barbed threads. How do those work? With the barbed threads, you can insert them right into the hairline above the ear. They'll go down almost to right along the marinette line, which is right below your mouth. You can insert them above your jawline. The purpose of the barbed threads are going to stimulate a lot of collagen production to that area. Once you insert the barbed thread, you twist it, you pull out the cannula, and then you pull. You can literally pull the skin back, you cut that barb, massage it up, and your skin is tight. And that can be done in the office? Yep. So it's fabulous. It's great for really any age group, as long as you're, you're the right candidate for it. So about what, 15, 20 years ago, it was considered kind of a surgical procedure. Um, it is a non-surgical procedure. You're still, you know, invasive, like you're making a, a 
an entry point, but they used to do it in the OR and they're not anymore. I mean, it's hugely popular right now. It's all over Instagram. You, pro you guys probably see pictures of it where somebody's got 60 needles in their face. That's overkill. You don't need that much. Right. For the smooth threads, under the eyes, between your brows, where your frown lines is, is another alternative. Well, in addition to Botox, you can put the threads there. You don't want to put filler in those deep lines. That's also a very dangerous area to put filler. You can put them around your mouth. You can put them in the lips. I mean, I don't think there's a place on your body that you can't put a thread. Interesting. So it definitely has a place. It's definitely very popular, but it's usually in conjunction with filler and neurotoxins. How old is this treatment for the threads? Oh gosh, threads have been around. I mean, they've been around for a while. They were really popular about 20 years ago kind of died off and now they're hugely popular again. And most of the best threats come out of Korea. Right. Then they go to Europe and then they come here once they get approval, but um, it's big. Now the lasers, I'm really kind of reading a lot about lasers. They really have changed too. There's a lot more advancements in, with lasers. Can you tell me a little bit about that? I think the key to lasers is less invasive and no, and no social downtime. Yeah. Right. So IPL, which is not really a laser, it's more scattered light. We'll go after red and brown and some fine lines and wrinkles. That's definitely a no downtime treatment. Um, that's one of the best devices to treat, you know, the hyperpigmentation, diffuse redness. And then they have um, laser hair removal, which continues to be one of the most requested treatments. I thought that trend was going to kind of die down, but I'm very wrong about that. So laser hair is still big. And then now they're getting into a more, a little bit more ablative type uh, treatments like Cartessa Aesthetics has devices that are sublative. So there's like a Tetra uh, laser that's going to affect the epidermis a little bit more aggressively, but not have that downtime. You know, like the old CO2 lasers yeah. where those were really only indicated for what type of Fitzpatrick one, one and two, basically. And now, you know, we're, they're trying to get into treating higher Fitzpatrick's, not necessarily, you know, four five and six, but there's definitely a place for it. And at that point, you're going to look at microneedling and maybe microneedling with a radio frequency, the energy behind it. Because I'm seeing that there's a series of laser treatments now that they're proposing. So it's not just one laser treat, treatment. Right. It's a series right. with other modalities like the POs and like sure. good skincare to support it through. But it is a series of progressive, not aggressive treatments. So right. the, I mean, I've seen a couple people that have had laser treatments and they look perfect. Mm -hmm. I mean, to go right back to work and their skin is definitely, the texture's changed and the firmness is there. So it's amazing what, how it's changed over the years. Oh yeah. Um, that's the key thing that you said is that going back to work and the social downtime because no one wants that. Right. And I don't really think I can name anybody who's willing to take like a week off and having a big laser and actually the old phenol peels and the old CO2 lasers. I mean, you weren't just off a week, you were off for weeks. Plus the, the hypopigmentation concerns, you know, there was definitely a, an incident of more hypopigmentation under that bricking, that stamping yep. that you find, mm -hmm. the old lasers. Yep. Yeah, yeah. the devices have become a lot more sophisticated um, and for treating the skin and getting results, definitely. So then how important is it to have healthy skin to, you know, to really tolerate all these, these treatments beforehand? You know, you can come in and spend thousands and thousands of dollars and get, you know, neuromodulators, fillers, threads, all kinds of things and not have good skin. So 
in our office, I feel like we're doing our patients uh, injustice if we don't get their skin in shape. And we're just, we're really being strict about that right now because we're making a lot of our patients or strongly encouraging a lot of our patients to go through their laser treatment. And then they can see myself or Cindy, my other nurse and get their filler and their Botox and just kind of keep adding on to that. And just, because to me, that's like the icing on the cake. The skin is the most important and keeping that integrity and, you know, getting rid of their brown spots, reducing their redness, reducing their fine lines and pigment. Where does somebody begin? Because all of these treatments can be confusing. And so when you come in, you don't want to be overwhelmed, but you want to have a starting point. Somebody who has pigment, but sagging at the same time, where would you begin? You know, what is their chief complaint? What is their primary concern that they have? I'm going to begin with what's bothering them, at least as a conversation, because they came in to see me for this, but I'm looking at like all their pigment, it's going to come up in the conversation. Right. And, and Botox aside, I mean, sure, I can address a couple of units to stop them from frowning, but we're going to address their skin issues. And I even have a sheet in my office that really is basically a picture. And if they're a new patient, they fill out, you know, what bothers you and they just start checking everything. And there's your conversation starter. And that's how you come up with your treatment plan. And if they have skin issues, we're going to start there. Perfect. So you do start with a lot of skincare. Well, at the same time. main thing I'm going to start is what are you using at home? So how important is home? And again, oh my gosh, I'm still surprised with all the information out there on the World Wide Web that people, you know, you got to look at where you live too, but people want like natural products or they're sensitive and what is their definition? I mean, I could spend 30 minutes talking to somebody about their skin and what they're using at home. And, you know, we'll, we start talking about the difference between an over-the-counter product versus a cosmeceutical versus what really is a prescriptive product, which really it would be like retina A, but gosh, that's over the counter now. And we just have that big discussion about what they're using at home because 80% of what they're using at home impacts their skin or affects their skin. And if they're not using a professional product, then that's a huge uh, opportunity for me to educate them on getting them on proper skincare and proper home care. And they're going to see lots of results very fast. Brenda, what do you feel about Retin-A? Well, Retin-A was what, invented 50, 40, 50 years ago. And it's still, to me, in my mind, one of the best anti-aging products, but a lot of people can't tolerate a a prescriptive Retin-A because they don't use it right or they get red, they get over-inflamed, their skin gets too thinned out. They live at altitude, they're not using it the right way. So you have to encourage them to use it the right way. But, you know, there's other products like retinols on the market that are definitely a little bit more progressive than aggressive. So those are usually my favorites. I think the good skincare balance is really important because Retin-A became so popular that we saw a lot of patients coming in with raw skin because they were just overusing Retin-A thinking it's going to take away the wrinkles. What it did is just strip the epidermis to the point that the skin was dry uh, volume loss. So I think Retin-A in, in combination with a good hydrating product is a balance what we, we're looking for. Because with all these treatments we're talking about, it comes to the actual epidermis, the health of the epidermis, and you just can't do one or the other. You got to get a, a nice balance right. between exfoliation and hydration. And I think these treatments that we're talking about also need to have that understanding that you just can't do one modality. It's a combination of multiple things. It is the peels, it is the home care, it is the the derma fillers and the Botox, but there is a definitely a treatment plan that 
a good esthetician or nurse practitioner can actually put together and make it really spe specific for that patient. And Us easy to understand because all these items become overwhelming. And when people hear all the things they have to do, they sort of back away. So we do have to make it simple and let them understand that we're, there are steps to take that are easy and they're gonna to begin to see changes in the beginning. And then once we see changes, then it's more exciting to go to the next level and the next level, because now that trust with your practitioner is gonna change everything. And, and the then- The overwhelming part, you're right. They get overwhelmed so fast. So mm -hmm. it's not gonna happen in one treatment. So it's my job to give them a treatment plan because if, if I don't give it to them, they're gonna go somewhere else. But Brenda, what's, what, what they're hearing in, in the industry, the old stuff, is that one laser treatment was enough for the year yeah. or one strong chemical peel was enough for the year or one Botox uh, visit is enough for the year. It really is a lot more, it's a lifestyle and you cannot get that, that youthful appearance or you can't keep that skin that glow if you just do it one time. It's like brushing your teeth. You can brush your teeth, but you gotta do it on a daily basis. You gotta be able to be committed and it's a, it's a lifestyle commitment. And yeah, I maintenance, find that- uh, Maintenance starts at 35. Yeah. <laughs> Sadly. Yeah. <laughs> and but, it, is maintenance. it is maintenance because we're still aging no matter what. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I like the idea, but they have to have results that day to keep coming back. You gotta give so, them a wow. You're right. You're right, Brian. Right. Right. You've got to give them a treatment. It's going to be a skincare treatment. It's going to be a hybrid peel. It's going to be something to excite them that day where they're seeing a difference, send them home and be able to use products to let that skin be healthy. So then we can ask for lasers and threads, Botox and fillers, but not all at once, but different steps. And then suddenly, you know, it's a masterpiece at the end. Yeah. You don't do laser the first time you meet somebody. Right. You don't know enough about them. You you know, you've got to figure out what their skin type is, what their lifestyle is, but you can do, you know, a nice hydrating treatment on them, a nice skincare treatment on them and get them on some home care and have them come back. Absolutely. And I think that's very exciting because once you brighten and hydrate my skin, I cannot come back. I cannot wait to come back to get some threads and yep. oh, a lot of wrinkles around the eyes and what's going on with the forehead it makes it easier. I feel it's a lot easier because you begin that trust level and then it's much easier to come in and get more treatments as needed. Maintenance you know, is important. And I have people who are in their seventies that are still working and they want to look good. They don't feel their age or like, I don't know how I I'm 70. I don't look 70. I don't act 70. And I'm, I'm going to help them with that. Well, maybe that's because they've maintained for so long, done a really good job, had their good routines. They started at a younger age, have, starting those routines up. And it does pay off, Anna. It does pay off. You know, another thing that I've heard about I've seen it gain a lot of attention lately in the sports world is PRPs or the platelet-rich plasmas. Mm -hmm. How popular is that in the beauty industry? It's popular. It's, it's been in the industry for a couple of years, but I think patients like the idea of having their own growth factors. You know, you draw their blood, spin it down, and then either re-inject the growth factors into their skin or microneedle it into their skin. And that will rejuvenate their skin and make them look brighter and more luminous. Kind of feed their skin. But first you wound them before you uh, put it on, correct? Yeah, you can needle them at different depths, microneedle or do like our green power peel. That's another form of mechanical microneedling in my, in my mind or use um, a, you know, the virtue with microneedling and a radio frequency behind it and then add their own protein rich plasma right on top. 
we were in Australia, the three of us actually a year and a half ago and uh, doing a training and we met Sean Factor Four mm -hmm. and it was incredible what he was doing with that. So definitely there's a lot internationally that we it gets, you know, it started internationally and comes over here to the United States. So I think that the PRP is becoming more popular here in the States with a different spin on it also. So it's really cool. And Sean's well, getting like it in their joints. They like their hips injected, their knees injected, and that kind of mm -hmm. generates or stays off, you know, a knee replacement or a hip replacement. So why not? Brenda, when you do the PRP, how long after can they, you know, go back to their their regular home care? Oh, a couple of days, usually about three days. You know, I don't want them using any kind of uh, retinols or alpha hydroxy acids or anything like that. Just very reparative hydrating products. So post care for about a week? No, three days, three to five days. Once our skin starts turning over again. How often can you do it? We usually do it like every four to six weeks, okay. a series of three, depending on what you're trying to achieve. Now, Brenda, do you ever send your clients home or your patients home with pro pads to condition their skin before they come in for their treatments? Oh yeah, home care peel. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best, it's a peel at home. And how often would you tell someone if they're coming in in about a week to have a treatment, how often should they use their pro pads prior to coming in? You know, depending on their skin type, I have them maybe start two times a week at night, maybe three, depends on, you know, what they've been using, what they've had done, how sensitive they may or may not be. But, you know, our pro pads are, they pack a powerful punch. So I don't want them to go home and use them every night. They have to start out and build up to it. I love the fact that you could take it from the jawline down to the decollete, to, to the Arms, hands, legs, legs, neck. Yeah, they're amazing. So Brenda, how important is sunscreen with all of your patients? Sunscreen is the, if they were only gonna use one product, one, it would be sunscreen. You know, it's a, the number one anti-ager, correct? Absolutely. So very important. And actually kind of people are a little bit afraid of me up here because if I see <laughs> them outside or I run into them on a trail and they don't have their hat on or I catch them not wearing sunscreen, they're going to know how I feel about that. You can ask anybody up here. Now with COVID-19, what we're looking at now is a lot of people are hearing about that 19 pounds or whatever. We're all being a little more body conscious. Are there any trends for the body this year? Well, they want to lose their COVID-19 weight, <laughs> right? Yes. And then I've had some patients who've actually took this time off to reflect and, and become healthier. It's been interesting. I've seen both. Where would we start? Here we go. Now well, we need to you know, start somewhere. Non-surgical, you know, fat reduction devices that are out there and they're hugely popular, but it's not going to reduce 19 pounds of fat. So um, the true sculpt or the cool sculpt and some of those devices um, use ultrasound technology while the true sculpt does where it heats up that fat cell to apoptosis. So it basically explodes the cell and mm -hmm. it will reduce that fat by 25%. But the nice thing about TrueSculpt, it has that radio frequency behind it, that energy. So you're going to get that skin tightening. So if you have small areas that are hard to reduce, you work out, you go to the gym, you got these little pockets. Um, that is the answer rather than getting liposuction, which is invasive and you need general anesthesia and it's going to suck out the fat. Best correction. But a lot of people don't want to go through that. 
Do you talk about lifestyle quite a bit with them before they start these treatments about walking? We them, measure them and we set up realistic expectations. So if you're going to come in and spend a couple of thousand dollars and get your tree sculpt on your abdomen, but you're still not eating very well and maybe drinking more than you should, not exercising, you're not going to get those results, but it does work. It's great for under here. Oh, right under, under here, if you're spot, tighten up in here. Oh, tighten up a little bit here on the arms Ooh. and between the thighs. <laughs> the chicken yeah. wings, this is right? Smaller, it's, it's all about, <laughs> yeah, and it's all about realistic expectations. Well, sounds like I need a body wrap. And, and you know what? Oh, yeah. Not just that, but you know, people who are exercising and taking good care of themselves. I mean, we don't, we're still aging from here down. So, oh, yeah, we can do all this stuff here, we can do all this here our decollete, our, our arms, where we're crepey, or our thighs, well, we all know. So that's how, how much I love those pro pads. Yeah. Do you ever do body peels on your, uh, on your patients? So we start yep. them off before we do these treatments? Yep. That's What's the great. most popular area? Is it like probably like the back of the legs? What's the most the popular The arms area? right the here, arms. the arms, the chest, <laughs> um, the thighs, <laughs> legs, and we're so dry. We are so dry here that yeah, body peels are great because, you know, we just, we're dry. So you also must be selling some firming lotion, Lara firming lotion. How does that work under the arms too? When you're doing these treatments, you send them home. So they have post-care treatments at the same time. So we can continue. Absolutely. The effects of tightening. Absolutely. Because we know we're doing a lot of the work, but I love that product. Yeah, great to put it on right before you take a walk, put your music on and go. A little mm -hmm. tingle, that cold feel that you get, right? With the yes. After a shower, when you put the pro pads on and then the firming on oh. top of that, that's really cool. You feel like it's definitely the the cleansing part of it. And then actually you heating it up with the shower and putting on that lotion. It really does really nice. Well, even our, our spa cleanser. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That starts the exfoliation process right there. The dry off, put those pro pads on, the firming lotion. I do have to say also our scrub, our body scrub is awesome. Yep. And if anybody's doing in clinic, we even put some of our lactic peel in that body scrub on the body. That's great. I do. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's wonderful. And then put on the firming lotion. Yes. And then our wonderful oil with hemp seed oil. Fantastic. And our souffle. Yeah, who wants to have a face that looks 20 years younger than the rest of your body? Not good. I can tell you what I find is that if we used take the body as a whole and not just treat it from the decollete up. It's a full package. Cause the worst thing is when, as, as the weather changes, we get exposed those legs when they're dry <laughs> and just, just dry. I mean, just putting on the exfoliation, putting on the firming and then putting on the oil. There is a, a glow to your skin, your skin, the extremities are the last to really hold hydration. But what a difference when you put a sandal on, what a difference when you expose your arm and your legs, it's just, it is a full package. And I think a lot of our estheticians are focusing only on the face, but, you know, broadening their perspective of, of really the treatments that they could offer. The, the body is really, really important. Yeah. Going and, back to threads, we do a lot of smooth threads in the lines here. The chest That's area. A lot of microtox here. I call them crinkles, you know, to, you in know, the to chest. To be endowed here oh, and yeah. sleep on your side. As you always <laughs> say, Metaxi, that skin's a memory. Nobody likes that. That's right. Okay. So how about the knees? I thought maybe the threads, anything on the knees? The thread, oh yeah. Actually, uh, I Ooh. did my nurse's knees 
in October and uh, we did a bunch of threads right above the knees to help tighten that up and get rid of that. Whatever that is going on, when you look down, you see that. I don't know and I don't <laughs> think about it, but I just think about threads and I think, oh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah, I don't think That's there's a, a place in at. your body that you can't put a thread. <laughs> Sure. One of my girlfriends in Houston is she's a thread queen and she has a patient who um, I'm not saying names, but comes in and she probably works on her for three hours and does her entire body, even her, her buttocks, the back of her thighs. And then she gets on a plane and flies to Hawaii and recuperates because her uh, boyfriend doesn't know she gets that done. <laughs> How many threads could you do in the sit uh, sitting? Any <laughs> as you can tolerate. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> I need to open up my books. Yeah, when we were talking about body, that the one thing I like with the threads is on cellulite because you know how it's ropey and it's not, it's a disorganized collagen formation. It doesn't matter if you're 80 pounds or 500 pounds, if you're, if you're genetically predisposed to it. But if you put some threads in, in that ropey collagen, it helps smooth it out. It's good for acne scarring. It's great for acne scarring too. Wow. Yeah. These threads are miracles. You like threads. I do. I mean, you're introducing a wound, you're creating a wound and your body's rushing to heal it. And they're putting all kinds of cool stuff in those threads. You know, they're working on some that kind of mimic sculpture. So that's pretty exciting. Well, looking at what we just discussed, it's a full circle back to skincare. Yep. Because without the, the proper skincare and the hydration and that beautiful, flawless type of skin that we're looking for, all these things won't have the maximum benefits that we're looking for. So home care is really important. And we're finding with the pandemic we're going through, people really are doing more treatments at home to support whatever we're doing. So it's important that we understand that it's a two, two part type of treatment in the clinic and then home care to support the in-clinic, like you said earlier, is really getting a lesson and going home and doing the homework to That's support right. the lesson. It sounds to me like it's the beginning part of the treatment when you go to a Medispa, but it's also the end where you have to finish, polish it, protect it. So it is a huge part of the Medispa world. And we're hoping to see a lot more Great news coming out of the Medispa industry. Hopefully more people will be coming back and doing that already. We're seeing the growth, I think, coming into the new year. But, you know, one of the biggest questions that we're actually getting here at a Skin Depth Convo is those who've had derma fillers and should they expect side effects when it comes to the COVID-19 vaccine, specifically the Moderna vaccine? We've heard that in the news a little bit, that there's been some people who've had an adverse reaction. Uh, but what are your thoughts, all three of you, on the COVID-19 vaccine and derma fillers? Get your vaccine because derma fillers are elective. You can have a reaction to derma fillers whether you're getting a vaccine or not. I mean, that's one of the side effects is swelling. That particular Moderna vaccine had, what, three people out of several thousand that reported an incident. So I don't really find that concerning. If my patient is concerned, then we will hold off the treatment rather than them holding off the vaccine. What's more important? Keep everyone safe, get everyone back to work and, you know, get life back to normal, if any, you know, or the new normal, whatever that may be. But we're excited to see that this industry is going to continue going and this industry is still going to be doing well. And there's actually a lot of expectation that the beauty industry is going to grow exponentially in the next few years. So what's your expectations for this next year, Brenda? Before we go, what are your expectations over the next year or two uh, for the medical aesthetic side? So, well, none of us were around, but in World War II, women were saving money for what? Pantyhose and lipstick? 
it's I Botox know. still, you know, this industry is going to do nothing but grow. And mainly because, you know, we're living longer, we're looking better. We don't look our stated age. We're taking better care of ourselves. It's, it's just not going to go away. I think we definitely took a hit this year, this last year. And I think it's, they have some of the industry experts have predicted that it was going to be about 2.8 years for us to recover. But in my humble opinion, I don't think it's going to take that long. I agree with Brenda. I feel that as long as people see results and they're happy with their results, they're going to continue to purchase and buy and get these treatments. It's very important. Yeah, I, I got to agree with both of you again. Um, people are working longer too. Uh, yes, people are. are retiring at 60, 65. So, you know, we're working, we're out there in the workforce. People are looking younger. They look better than they did in their 50s. So, yes, there is, I think there is definitely uh, a surge into all the new treatments and lasers and, and peels. People are just now more aware of it, uh, men and women. The age groups are from young to old. So yeah, the industry is not changing, but growing. Very important to think young, stay young and stay positive. Well, if you think young, you act young, right? Yes. The key thing is, oh, you have to look young too. <laughs> so you could think young, but you got to look young. And looking young is really being, you know, healthy. I mean, taking care of your skin, taking care of your health. But people were not wearing sun uh, sunscreens. People were not exercising. Now this whole year has given a, a, for us a chance to reflect and kind of correct some of the things that we took for granted. So being home, like you said, the Zoom meetings, people are more aware of their face now than they've ever been before. Look at us. We're here talking. <laughs> We're talking via Zoom. Right now. It's hard <laughs> being on these all day long. <laughs> yeah. That look good. Make sure, right, filters. No. It's all right. You, none of you need filters. You're all beautiful. All we don't have filters on. There's no filters. No. Just gorgeous. All gorgeous faces. And you have all maintained very well because you're all young. You think Thank young, you, you are young. All right. But thank you all so much, Brenda. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about the medical aesthetics industry. It was fun. It's really been a lot of fun. I love having the three of you chatting and everything because it's just fun getting you all together. And if you have any questions for anybody on the show today, you can email your questions to skindepthconvo at lyriclinical.com. That's skindepthconvo at lyriclinical.com. And thank you all for listening to Skin Depth Convo. I'm Anna Kagarakis, and we'll talk to you next time.